Welcome back to Women of AV Poly. We decided to go back to our roots a little bit. And then Kathleen, for the Pandemic Moms episode, got uh, waylaid by a Pandemic Mom incident. And so I put together a different panel. But we have Katie O'Byrne from Peace River. We have Liz from Calgary. Buchanan. (laughs) And we also have Sarah Biggs from Calgary as well. We're doing a Pandemic Moms episode because our the, the last episode that we did with Women of Baby Polly was really cathartic. It was it was very cathartic for a lot of people. And I thought, you know, sometimes when we do these panels, it's cathartic for everyone. <laughs> Which is also why I was really hoping Kathleen could join us because she needed it too. <laughs> but, I feel like a regular... <laughs> Right, right. But we've been doing, you know, pandemic mom things now for almost uh, almost two years. We're, we're actually getting close to that point. Isn't and that <laughs> what did you say, Sarah? Isn't it sad that we're reaching the two years mark soon? We are. We are. And I think I think everyone is really done. That was one of the reasons why I had looked at at Katie and Liz, because I've seen some of your posts over the last, you know, since school started. And that's basically, that's, that's when it, that's when it hit us again, right? We went, we made it through the summer, the normal summer, and then school started up and shit hit the fan again. Reminder, you can swear. (laughs) I think we would be here otherwise. (laughs) (laughs) but I think like uh for me I work in healthcare and it was like it was September was like the fourth wave beginning so then you're dealing with that garbage at work and then you're dealing with okay how are we going to keep these kids safe at school and we're in a huge population that's not vaccinated so it's like and my kids are too young to be vaccinated so it's like okay we're doing this school year on a hope and a prayer and I guess we'll just wing it you know so it just it feels really disorganized. Like, you know, there's so much out of your control that I think that's why people are just done. Right. Nothing you can control, it seems. Yeah. And what about you, Liz? Because you've, are you, did you end up sending them back? I did. I did end up sending the kids back this year. I, we barely made it through online school last year, if I'm being totally honest. So it just, (laughs) it wasn't a realistic option, you know? (laughs) Um, unless we went full homeschool, which I don't think I'm equipped to deal with either. So (laughs) we did, we did make that decision. And I, I really wish that I'd done it last year instead. Yeah. (laughs) And we could have stayed home this year because I feel like with Delta and, you know, so many people being done that are sick of doing the right things, you know, Uh, I'm seeing a lot of that. And, you know, it's not just, it's not just us. It's like, you know, people sending their kids to school sick and things like this. And I know, you know, it's difficult sometimes. I mean, everybody has special circumstances, but I mean that I said it before, you know, it's a, was a dick move before the pandemic and it's really a dick move now, you know, and it's scary, you know, and it's happened, it's happened in my nine-year-old school, people sending their kids to school sick. And sure enough, it's, it's, COVID and that's 
terrifying that people have just given up to that extent. Right. Who's, you know, sorry, that's my dog. I told you, I told you. (laughs) Oh, it's also sounds sounds like my dog here. (laughs) Yeah. My neighbor was, you know, daring to do yard work over there. And the dog has just been up the stairs and down the stairs and barking all the time. And it's like, anyways, Sarah, Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> you had to, you also went back to school, but you also had to use daycare. Yeah. So we found out I was pregnant two days before the first heavy quotes lockdown, before the first wave of restrictions hit. And so, um, so my stepdaughter was seven on time we're like okay you know what um so the the kids stayed at school um starting in March then we were talking to the doctor because I was due in November and doctors were like can you keep her home and we're like yes there's the hub option that we can do so we kept my uh eight going on 16 years old home (laughs) And I gave birth uh, a little bit earlier at the end of October. So um, now the girls, so it's, how can I say? I really wish that the government would pay for free Ativan. Like really they need to be like giving out Ativan out there and help us more with mental health because the stress that it is to, so I really didn't take a mat leave. I was still working. Um, I started working probably three months after my little one was born. But at some point, it's like, I can't do this anymore. This is too much. So in August, we decided to go for the daycare option. She was almost 10 months. We're like, okay, well, you know, I'm not that bad. I managed 10 months out of it. But just the stress with with no regulations of trying to find a daycare that you won't be looked at in a weird way. If you're asking them if they're vaccinated, because that's one, mm-hmm. two, um, proper cleaning and just the, the organization and the anxiety I went through and Deirdre heard a lot of it. It yes. was, and bef- like a week before she started daycare, she started getting sick. So we had to go get her tested for COVID. Then they lost her first test. So we ended up in children's hospital. And then it was just like, oh, my God. Um, and that was something, too. The doctor wouldn't see her without a, without negative, a negative test. test. So my family doctor would not yeah. see my infant who's, like, dehydrated with a high fever. I'm a nurse by training, but I'm a financial analyst now. Anyways, long story. <laughs> um, and a politician on the side. But they wouldn't see her, so I had to go with children. But then a children, they're like, are you sure you got your kid tested? I was like, well, yeah, I, I was holding her. And like, well, they were like, oh, they lost their test. So I was like, oh, great. So, and then my nine years old, well, she's nine now, uh, asked to go to a charter school. So I'm like, she built her case. We're like, all right. But thank God, because the classes are smaller. They have windows and they have a stringent, COVID-19, I need to sign a form online every day saying, yes, my kid is fit. And if they feel like 
one of the the kid sick they have isolation room till the parents come and get them so and they i think they only had like one case since everything started which is wow pretty amazing so we opted for the charter school option this year again my mental health suffered but once i saw everything that they were doing to prevent that then i was like okay you know what it's fine but i'm still in favor of uh you know free supply of Ativan for all the moms out there. And the water water like, supply, Ativan. But see, what's yeah, we don't funny need fluoride, is that- We need Ativan. Yeah. We need Ativan. Do not mix with alcohol. I'm making a disclaimer here. Do not mix with alcohol. But you know what's funny is that when you give birth, you have the option of being followed for a psychiatrist with a psychiatrist for a year after you're giving birth. Um, I was one of the lucky ones that kind of got slammed with kind of a double depression so it was very so I kind of burned myself into work and my kid and really I kind of let it piled up and thank god I had that psychiatrist that was following me through and through during the pandemic mm-hmm. because if not I do not know what a would have happened to my marriage and be to myself because those resources out there are non-existent it takes months to have access to a psychiatrist. Yeah. And I'm lucky enough that she's still following me because, you know, we're adjusting meds and all that. And I know it's so taboo out there. And it's so like, oh my God, you can't say Ativan, antidepressant, double depression, and all that postpartum. But it's real. And even with the pandemic, it made it worse. Right. Yeah, I can only imagine. Like we moved from a townhome to 3,600 square foot house because again, my marriage would have not made it and be in a small space. It would have happened to everybody else. (laughs) And Mike, I love Mike. Mike is great. But, you know, we have each our office, but it's just, but I'm thinking about the mothers who cannot do that, who do not have access to it going through and. You know, when people are like, well, like, I, I, I don't like wearing a mask. I pushed for four hours with my mask on my face and I labored with a mask on my face for 36 hours. Mm-hmm. I do not have any pity for the people who are saying they can't wear a mask for 10 minutes. No, I lost any sort of sympathy. Oh, that and was I, at the window. <laughs> like month two. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, and we had, uh, so I think to one of the reasons why it hit me harder this September was because last year, and I did keep, like I kept my grade five student home last year because I figured I've got three kids in school. I don't really want to send all of them if I don't have to. And so I gave them options and, and grade five was like, you know, I only love, uh, I only love recess. So he was kind of like, if I can't play with my friends, uh, and do the things I'm used to doing, then I, I'm fine to stay home. And so this year, I had registered the kids to go back. And in June, or sorry, in, in August, I was waiting for like, I, I, because I watch, I pay attention every day. And so in August, I was, I was waiting to find out what my school system was going to do. And they decided, Oh, uh, a plan you say, right. (laughs) And I was like, I was, I was somewhat hopeful. I don't know why, because I'm rural and, but I was still hopeful that maybe 
they would look at the situation too and say, hey, you know, we did such a great job last year that we should do that again. I, I, I don't know. Apparently that was a crazy thought in my head. And sure enough, I got the email from the superintendent saying, yeah, no, we're just, we're, we're just going to do what, what Hinshaw is saying. And, and that's that. And I was like, well, you're not getting my kids because I also had in July, uh, my uncle moved in with me and he wasn't in the best of shape, which is, which is kind of why he had moved in and he's actually, well, he's on an oncology ward now, but I'm still the only one that's going to see him. Right. I'm the one that's doing all of that. So again, trying to keep my household COVID free because I need to be able to do that. Plus I still have, you know, older at risk mom and grandmother that I'm also doing things for. And like, yeah, this, this school thing, I was really impressed. Now I know that it didn't work out fabulously well for everyone last year with their school situations, there were outbreaks and things, and there was transmission and so on. And the government, of course, denying that there was transmission um, didn't help. But, but I was like, my, my kids' school did well. I, I got the notifications. I got few notifications. They were immediate, you know, close contact in this, or sorry, contact in this class, the class is out for two weeks, done. And they kept transmission levels down to, I think it was the, you know, maybe one kid, if any at all, within those classes. So I was, I was really happy with what my, my kids' school had done last year. And I was so disappointed when they decided not to. And, and it, I feel like it's, it's more of a struggle than it was the first time, because the first time we were like, will this work or won't this work? We're not positive. This is what we're trying. And, 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 you know, we learned along the way. And so to come back to the same thing again this year and have them go, no, let's do something different. <laughs> no, well, and getting rid of, rid of, um, you know, tracing and isolation, like, Oh, what? It makes no sense. Yeah. It makes absolutely no sense. I think that was part of the hard part though. Is like, there was absolutely no plan to do anything like there was no robust to deal with another wave right first day that I brought my kids to school I then saw like so last year a lot of parents chose to homeschool their kids because of the uncertainty and whatever but this year I we walked in with and my kids were masked from day one but that also wasn't a popular thing there was no mask mandate and our school board was like whatever we're just gonna see how it goes kind of thing and again we're in a really low vaccinated place but I'm walking on the first day and there's like three prominent anti-vax families who attend the rallies or are very active on Facebook um, with their anti-vax crap and it was like oh my god now they're attending with anti-vax kids who weren't there last year and so it's like again you you needed like an out of bed in the water because it's like okay all right they're probably going to be fine I probably okay no reason but you know, we had sensibility last year and now it's just like, yeah, okay, you guys do whatever, do whatever. It's like, okay, this is not a plan. This is nothing, right? There's nothing to protect kids. And even, you know, like with our board, you know, and a lot of the other boards, you know, 
they had these deadlines like to register for online and or stay in school, that kind of thing. And they they left it to the 11th hour to make a few good decisions that they did make, like, Mm. you know, reinstating masking and, you know, some of these smaller measures that still help. But, you know, you're just sitting there and you're, excuse me, but shitting your pants, like, oh my God, are they going to do anything? Are they going to do anything? And then, you know, Edmonton Public, I think was one of the first one, was the first one. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, are the others going to do it? Are they going to do it? And I'm Calgary Catholic and they've just, I'm sorry, but they've shit the bed on a lot of issues over the past year and a half. And I didn't have a lot of faith that they were going to come through. They did. Yeah. But it was, it was, it was grudging, I think. That's why I was hoping that mine might do it because I was like, Calgary did Calgary did. Yeah. But it's trapped more. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. Not much better. (laughs) It's so frustrating to see like now just asking the teacher if the teacher is vaccinated is so problematic right now you know when when I started nursing I had to prove that I had hep B I had my tetanus shot that um, I didn't I had to pass a tuberculosis test to see if I was ever exposed it was all that you know criminal background check and all those big things that we have to prove in order to be able to be with those patients why would it be any different for a teacher that is dealing with kids lives and they cannot be protected their only protection yeah. is those masks and their teacher being vaccinated exactly well, have you heard about the new thing called rights and freedoms yeah <laughs> well, just started a year and a half ago it's a brand new concept <sighs> brand new concept but it's so interesting how it's such a it's such a like people feel so offended if you're like, so are you vaccinated? Like, what are we doing in your class to protect these kids? But there are some people, some teachers that are just like, none of your business. I prefer to keep it quiet. I don't want to tell you my status. And it's like, I, like, I'm not asking to be nosy. I would ask different questions if I was trying to be nosy. (laughs) It wouldn't be, you know, vaccines right off the bat. So (laughs) we just want to know that there's a plan again, a plan. I'm a huge planner. there has to be some kind of plan. Do you guys have like, you know, spacing at, at the very least, could you space the kids out at least like something? Funny story that the summer of the first summer of COVID we were debating on sending our kid back to daycare, like day camp, whatever. Mm. So I called and I was like, do you have any COVID measures? They were like, yes, but no. And I was like, well, they're supposed to be distancing and this and that. And I started asking questions. And I was looking at their Instagram account and all the kids are all piled up one another. And I was like, oh, good God. And they blocked me from their Instagram account. <laughs> That's a hard pass, Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really not trying to be like, you know, the helicopter parent or the parachute parent who's trying to control everything. But really at this point, I'm trying not to get sick and survive this pregnancy at this point and protect my other kid it's it's brought like oh it's the worst we did summer camp this past summer when premier declared that everything was over even though like (laughs) you're smarter than that 
Well, it's like, it's not <laughs> over, but okay, thanks guys. I'm glad you declared it on Twitter. But um, like, because you declared it over, like the summer program that my kids were in, like there was absolutely zero, um, there was tons of mingling. I mean, they were outside for the most part, but they did go inside and do activities and there was absolutely no COVID precautions. And like, I kept asking, like, you know, are we, what are we doing? What's again, what's the plan? And mm-hmm. like, you kind of get labeled as that crazy, crazy mom who's like, like you say, helicopter parenting or trying to like run the show. And it's like, oh, I just really want the kids to be masked when they go inside to the bowling alley, like, or, you know, the bowling alley owner is, is against vaccines or whatever, whatever it is. Yeah. I don't think it actually is, but you know, for that example, like, should they be accessing places that are openly supporting anti-mask stuff, you know, and, but you just feel crazy because everyone thought the pandemic was over and it's the summertime and we're just going to have the best summer ever. And, you know, it was, Yay. it's hard not to Butterflies. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. Exactly. But, you know, the best argument I have right now. So uh, at the beginning, it was like, you're not vaccinated. You're not saying my kids, which is still true. But the new argument I say now is that, trust me, you don't want me to have to reactivate my nursing license and operate one of those ventilators because you will die. That's if not I'm my thing. It because I haven't touched one in 15 years. Get vaccinated. But people don't, they don't understand it. it it's not reasoning. And I think it's because the premier is so good at twisting his words and twisting, manipulating, really the reality. Well, there's so that, much. There's so much, so much misinformation out there that it's just absolutely. It's it's awful to try and keep up with, and and I was trying to keep up with it on my local uh, yeah. Facebook pages because, <laughs> right? Yeah, just once in a just Ugh. just a little bit a week, right? Just going in there and 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 throwing in some some data um and (laughs) to die I admire your resilience (laughs) I uh, I didn't um I guess I I started doing it because I was like I've been keeping up with this I've been learning this I actually do have some knowledge to you know to 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 fight some of this stuff so that's why I started doing it because I thought okay it's obviously necessary. (laughs) I I see what's being posted. And so I thought, am I doing a disservice if I don't do it? Right. That's, that's how I kind of felt. And it's not like I do it all over Facebook. I, you know, it's, it's just my community because I mean, my brain probably would have exploded if I tried to go further. (laughs) It's like, no, no, just these two pages. That's it. Um, But it's gotten to the point where I've started, like I've started removing people from my friends list on Facebook. And so that was fun when Facebook went down on Monday, right? I mean, some great comedy came out of that. But one of the things that was Paul Ferry, and he's like, oh, no, how am I going to know? Or how are we going to know what the people we went to elementary school with are up to today? (laughs) That is just like, dude, that's exactly it. And that's like, that was what I was kind of noticing when I started seeing this, this anti-vax stuff come up in my Facebook feed and it, and I mean obviously dealing with misinformation on Facebook made me hate 
Facebook, right? I was just like, every time I went there, I was like, no, I don't want to be here, right? But then I started thinking, like, who are some of these people that are putting this bullshit into my feed? And it's like, these two, their parents babysat me, (laughs) right? It's like, this isn't really a necessary connection. I need to keep up with it. So, and that's, but it started it's an easy delete. It, it <laughs> yeah, kind of was right. And I was like, okay, like, like, why am I, why, why are these, why are these people on my Facebook page? And so I started to, I started to unfollow and I started to, you know, snooze button until I re- restart or whatever. And just kind of like, you know, making some of those decisions to get it out of my feed because I'm going into it. And, and the whistleblower thing that came up last week, was it? Oh yeah, it was Sunday night. So the whistleblower thing that was like, you know, Facebook shows you this stuff. Well, when I was only re-interacting with the misinformation. So every time I went to Facebook, that's what my notifications were. I honestly thought that this one group, which has like, I don't know, 8,000 members in it, I thought that's all it was because that's all I was seeing. And then I found out because you can look up your vaccination, your area vaccination status in my area, it's 12 plus is 79 point something percent. I was like, really? (laughs) Like I expected that we were as, you know, yours, don't you, Katie? I think ours is like 40% or something. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> like, it's laughable. It's so ridiculous. And uh, there's a community up north from us, Lacrete, which is where our MLA was instituted. Like, they, that town basically put him into the legislature. Mm-hmm. And they are like 29. Having... What's that? Aren't they like 29% over there? They're even lower. Yeah. It's it's even lower up there for sure. But um, there's, I mean, and there's there's doctors up North as well that are in in different communities that are um, promoting anti-vax stuff. They're very like granola doctors. And so they're like, you don't need to get vaccinated. It's a conspiracy and they're spreading that stuff. And in a small town, like that's who you look to for your information is doctors. Right. And so like, yeah, just the entire North is on fire and not vaccinated at all. And yes. everybody's having their best summer ever. And it's like, what is happening? This is insane. But you get into it's- fights with people, even at work, you know, as they're struggling to breathe and they're like, no, this isn't COVID. No, it's for sure COVID. Like it's for sure COVID. Pneumonia, you know, and it's but- like ivermectin is to COVID what the referendum about equalization <laughs> is to the ROC. <laughs> like seriously, it's it's literally the miseducation of Jason Kenny. Really? That's where we're at right now. We can all tie it in to back to one person. Well, okay, so that's kind of another thing. Uh, this week, I've had to look differently at two UCP MLAs. One was Jason Copping for that thread he did on why we don't give people ivermectin in Alberta. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and I was just like, there we go. But you know what? I When I included it in the newsletter, I went through all the quote tweets because 
because I only I only use I only use tweets. It's women of AB Poly, so I'm looking for what women are saying. But so I, I was looking for some something that quoted his, and it took me probably 15, 20 minutes to scroll through all of the quote tweets because the majority of them were like the health minister, and I was like, what? <laughs> It took me forever to find a couple people who were like, thanks. You know, it's sad that you had to say this, but I'm glad someone finally did. It took me forever to find one. And I was just like, oh, but, no. <laughs> so You know what's sad? So last night, my favorite Emily of all time, Miranda Rosen. Oh, hi, Miranda. oh Lord. <laughs> she posted something last night on Facebook that says, Anybody else is going to be following this development closely? The announcement crashed the Moderna stock price by 13%, which suggests the treatment might actually have some serious preliminary potential. She was talking about the Merck treatment for COVID. Oh, oh the, yeah. Right. The, uh, yeah. So then, the pill. yeah, her, 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 her flock of followers, all, you know, they all graduated from medicine school and they're all pharmacists as well. <laughs> They were like, well, it's the same as the ivermectin. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> it's not this an is, antiparasitic. <laughs> it is not an antiparasitic. Uh, it has some properties that <laughs> ivermectin could maybe have. <laughs> but this is this is why it's so dangerous out there right now. It's because we have MLAs that feel like they have a free license to peddle that crap on Facebook. And I'm sorry, Miranda Rosen, but I'm not sorry. This is <laughs> bullshit. It's dangerous. Yeah. It is it, it is not reason why Moderna crashed last night. Moderna <laughs> crashed yesterday because it might be causing a potential heart issue In and the Nordic countries decided to put it on hold. Mm-hmm. No, Miranda. Stop reading the rebel and start doing... <laughs> Real research. They have tons of researcher teams, right? On the ledge. How the hell can they miss that? Like it's the misinformation out there. There's just well, it's not missing it. it. It's intentional. That's true. It's intentional. It's intentional. Well, in Miranda's case, it might just be because she's dumb. But (laughs) hi, Miranda. (laughs) But said what I said. Yeah, but no, you're right. Like, I mean, I remember when I was in university, one of my profs, because I took a sociology degree and he was like, if you want like really hard answers, you should be in psych. (laughs) He's like, we don't do hard answers here. (laughs) I was like, love it. Okay. Like I'm, I'm still doing this anyways. And, but actually like even, even philosophy, right? Like those, I, I did not take stuff that gave me really solid data it's like this stuff is all things that we can all think about and and so the thing is that when you go through the beginning of this where so many people were like we actually don't know right science was saying we're working around the clock to try and figure out what this is and why this is happening to like why when people are infected this is what their bodies are doing like this it rocked the scientific community because it didn't make sense and so there was a long period of time where we went through this you know trying to figure it out so you know in 2020 other than 
you know, people calling it the flu because doctors and scientists were like, this is not the flu. You mean Jason Penny? (laughs) Right. (laughs) This Uh, is not how. Yeah, but there were so, there were more than just him, right? So it's like, but, but there were, but at least during that point in time, we weren't getting hard answers. So, you know, at that point in time, I can see where you're looking for anyone who will give you answers, et cetera. We are now at a point where we understand a whole lot more about what is happening and what this virus is doing to people and how we can protect ourselves and our families and all of these things. So to be doing it at this point in time, Liz is right. It's, it's not unintentional. It can't be. And that's where, like, that's where I started to get upset and I started to start deleting people because I'm like, you know what, this is, it's, it's not unintentional anymore. This is purposeful. Yeah. 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 Well, and that's where I'm at, you know, like I've, I've been delete, 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 delete. I'm like, nope. If you're still going to be an obtuse selfish prick at this point in the game. No, I'm sorry. Like my life is better off without you. You know, I I've, I've reached my limit with people that won't do the bare minimum when there's a bunch of us that are willing to do all the things right right? (laughs) and not for ourselves, but for the community, you know, like, God, I do not want to be the reason that somebody's grandmother dies. Right. Right. Or somebody's child. I, yeah, that's not, yeah, that's not guilt. I want. No, no. And it's unfair to do that to somebody else. And I just, I honestly, somebody that will not see that and will not course correct what they're doing to save a life is not somebody that I need around me ever. Yeah, You know, you, you know, if they were fed misinformation, that's fine, but there's so much legitimate information as well. Like, honestly, I think we should just hunt down and throat punch whoever the first person to say do your own research was let's start there but what's interesting too is that people do not understand that that chart of freedoms and rights a charter that they like to talk so much about is that your freedoms no it's the constitution yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. is that that chart stops when you're fucking up sorry i swore i'm sorry it's like if you're killing someone your right stops and you are going to jail yeah if you refuse to do something for the better and for the good of society and you are at risk of killing someone or injuring someone because you won't get a vaccine we take you where does it where does it we take you out where does it where where do we draw the line There was a doctor in Medicine Hat, and I'm, a, I'm, I'm thinking that it's someone he personally knows who is a lawyer who kind of wrote this up, this document, just a letter that kind of explained that doctors have to maintain specific standards, professional standards within their um, pro- professional association, right? They are governed by the College of uh, Physicians. So they have to maintain certain standards, which means that if you've got a doctor who is prescribing ivermectin, 
which AHS is like, we don't do that, you know, because we don't condone the use, then that doctor is not maintaining the standards of their profession. And because of that, potentially could face legal action. So it was a really interesting letter. And I was just like, we need to start somewhere because what has just been incredible since 2016 and you know maybe it was brewing well before then I don't know I wasn't paying attention I had other things going on my children were younger and but you know what what we've seen this post-truth era that we are now in people need to be held accountable for what they're saying and if if we need to start with doctors because we've got a clear definition of of where they need to be as a professional then we start with them. People need to be held accountable. That's what makes it so frustrating though, because yes, doctors need to be held accountable, but also the government, the the current ruling government is the one pushing this misinformation. His his on Twitter, right? Dr. Matt Wolf, he's saying the pandemic's over, accept it. It's like, are you guys kidding me? If, If you tell people it's over, they will believe that because you guys are in power and they're trusting that you're, you know, going to act on our best interest, which I mean, any rational person knows that that's not the case and could see the writing on the wall when they weren't, you know, elected. But like, you know, there's, there's all this talk about holding medical professionals to account, but the government is complicit in this entire thing and this entire fourth wave. I think it's harder. I think it's harder for us to do that at the moment. What are, what are the professional standards of an elected official? I mean, I would love to say that they have them, Try not to murder your constituents. Right. I mean, it I, should I feel be like that's person. at least a baseline, right? But, but where's this? Yeah. Where do you draw the line of criminal negligence at some point? That's where maybe, maybe I'm going too far. And I'm not oh. trying to start a movement. I'm please disclaimer. I'm not trying to start anything. I disagree. When, if you want to start a movement, do it. Go on, Sarah. But uh, yeah, I was just going to say, I'm like, I'm in, man. But when you are holding office and you swear, so help me God, like they like to say, and they will do the best and they will perform their duties at the best of their knowledge and what is being provided to them. Oh, that just, mm-hmm. that just, where mm-hmm. is the criminal responsibility? Where is the negligence? Where again, do we draw the line? And that's well, what's been kind of, and that's why I call it the miseducation of Jason Kenny. He's the reason why grandma will be spending in a Christmas in ICU in Quebec or in Ontario or in Newfoundland or whatever the hell we're going to be able to find a bed. Yeah. Why? Because he decided to go on vacation for a month in August while everybody was trying to figure it out and nobody was left in charge. Well, if they were, would they have done anything anyway, though? No. Yeah, there is a, because there is a high, there is a. Yeah, yeah <sighs> but was, was that hierarchy or the line of command? Yeah. Was that paperwork properly filed? Because when, let's say, the premier goes on vacation, he writes a letter. I will be away out of the country. I designate this person to act if something happens. Hmm. And we never saw anything like that. Nobody's. No, there was always they, a delegation of duty. It. Yeah, okay. But he was in contact with his office. 
No, my dude. My kid got tested three times in 10 days. And she was 10 months old. And she didn't know what the hell what was happening. Yeah. No, my dude. There's an 18 years old kid that died. Because let's not forget, dying of COVID sometimes takes up to six weeks. So the deaths that we're seeing now are the cases from six weeks ago. Because COVID is gone, but it did so much damage to the lungs that they're trying to save them. But then after that, they're like, well, there's nothing else we can do. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's not instant death of COVID. The scar tissue happens over a certain amount of time. But it's like when H1N1 appeared back in when? 2009? Everybody was getting vaccinated. Nobody was arguing about anything. I have a confession. Go. In 2009, I was pregnant with my fourth. I was a university student. I still had three other kids. I got them vaccinated and I did not get myself vaccinated. I know. Okay. okay. So, (laughs) but here's the thing. I had no idea at the time how vulnerable I was. And I only found out when people started bringing up the, the 2009 pandemic, because that's what it almost was. Had we not had this vaccine ready um, or available. And I've had to, people were bringing that up in response to, Oh, like we've had this before kind of thing. So I had to do a little bit of research and go back to what was going on in 2009. And I was gobsmacked when I saw like how bad it was and I was just like oh my god I had no idea and now granted right I did mention three kids pregnant with my fourth university student I also had a part-time job I was a little busy I, I had some things going on I didn't have a lot of time but at the same time I knew like I mean I I went in at the same time as my kids, right? We were all, we were all eligible for the first round because at risk, I did not, it really didn't register. I was like, I'll wash my hands really well. I, it was, it's, it's been, it's been such a, you know, when you think back and you're like, oh, that could have happened. And you kind of get that flutter and it's like, but it didn't, but it didn't, but it's okay. I, I get that a lot when I think back on that, because I'm like, I had no idea. And that makes me think of, you know, other pregnant people who are like, I'll wash my hands a lot. Okay. Again. So we need our government to say, by the way, that's not how this spreads, but I guess I want to bring it back a little bit to the kids. How are you talking to your kids knowing all of this stuff that is out there, knowing the, the misinformation and the talking points and all of these things that they might be subjected to? How are you talking to your kids? Actually, and how old are your kids? Because maybe you're not, Katie. How old are your kids? I, my kids are uh, six, eight, and 10. Okay, so they're old enough to, to, oh, both, yeah. to see I... it and yeah. I definitely talked to them frankly about, about COVID and like, you know, here's the facts. I've been in the COVID world since the, since January, 2020, which is when we were getting information from Health Canada. We, like I sat in so many um, teleconferences about this virus, like, you know, I've had so much information about it. And so I've told my kids, like, this is what happens. This is, you know, how you get sick. This is, 
spread like this and and also talking about the misinformation stuff because I said like you're going to hear other people talk about COVID or their opinion about COVID and it's like you have to listen to their opinion sure you know if it's a friend or whatever but this is how to find credible information this is how you find credible resources because I mean that's more geared towards my 10 year old my my six-year-old kind of looks at me with a blank stare when I'm talking about (laughs) credible resources but (laughs) you know even even as far as like isolating when you're sick you know there was teachers at the school who got a COVID test it was negative went to school with symptoms and then other kids in the class were sick and it's like even not even finding credible resources but even like staying home when you're sick this is what the process is and this is how you do it so that the kids understand like you know it's not we're not doing it to be mean or to take you away from your friends or whatever but this is how you work together as a community and stop the spread of COVID you know like that like in more general terms I guess (laughs) For the younger kids that's what I've been doing but I, I'm definitely very frank to say that as soon as you're eligible for vaccines you guys will be getting it I don't care what you think about needles <laughs> it's happening yeah and you know I'm I trust the vaccine I don't care what people say it is safe <laughs> and like you know so I think they, they probably get overloaded with information because I'm very I have very it's because because you have a lot of the information <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I mean, they probably get overloaded, but I, I definitely have, I think like you have to be frank with your children in this particular case. And I think the most, the most disappointing part of this whole pandemic is that you realize that, oh, we're not together as a community. When the chips are down, the community yeah. isn't willing to come together. Come together. <laughs> yeah. Okay, guys, let's reset this because in your generation, hopefully you guys are going to be smarter than what we're doing yeah yeah like you know even just the community part not necessarily virus related but like this is how you take care of people this is how you take care of the community this is what you do that kind of thing you know Mm -hmm. no that's been a huge letdown like I I would say one of the biggest for me Mm -hmm. in COVID is just seeing how little some people give a fuck about other people besides themselves and that's been like that's been a big thing with social media anyways, right? Like who hasn't gone through Facebook over the last, what has it been now? 10, 11, 12, however many years it's been, but a decade, it's been a decade of you being able to see things friends and family are thinking they never would have come up before, right? There is no reason why you should know this about them. And that was the other thing that started me muting people because I'm like, well, too much information in some cases, right? (laughs) Some things you just really don't need to know, but also you just find out like how, how, how some of your friends and family think. And you're like, oh my, right? Like I wouldn't have known that otherwise. I see you once every two years at a family reunion, or I see you once every 10 years at, at that family Christmas or whatever, right? It's not... (laughs) You just, wow, we know so much about what people are saying and thinking. This pandemic has shown the ugly side of a lot of people. Yeah. And it made it, unfortunately, so much easier to really choose who my family is at the end of the day. And I know, because I know if something happens, Deldre will be there for me. 
Jody will be there for me. Michelle will be there for me. Ken will be there for me. I know they will be there for us. Mm -hmm. But it's a sad constatation that, you know, at the end of the day, people are garbage. Right. (laughs) That's what we all come to. (laughs) I, I love, I love, I love a lot of people and I dearly care about my family, but and see, I think too that this, this is something that that has really been difficult because certain people have some of those underlying conditions, right? I know uh, I have we one. talked about this last time. Yeah, and and the people around you that you expect to respect that, right? To understand this is more dangerous for you. Um, I know another friend who's. Uh, whose child is is an at-risk person for getting COVID and wasn't able to get vaccinated because not like not eligible yet and she was saying that that she has family that is completely they're like nope I'm anti-vax by the way when are we going to see you again and she's like you don't understand my child is at risk you could put my child at risk and so it has, it's, it's kind of been this really amazing realization and, and yeah, there's a, oh, there's a book that was written. It, it came out just before the pandemic. There's a, an article in the Seattle times and it's by a UBC professor. I don't remember his name, but it was on pandemics and, and people's behavior during pandemics. So he's a psychologist and he had written this book because they all knew it was coming, right? Why was there so much pandemic information when the pandemic hit? Because they've been basically preparing for a pandemic. And so anyway, so this book had come out and I, it, they were out. We can't order them just yet. I think people found it before we did. <laughs> and so uh, anyways, but I'm, I'm still, I would still love to read it. And it basically talked about how this has happened every pandemic. So I, uh, like the 1918 pandemic, they had, they had people, they had signs, they had protesters, um, AIDS pandemic, H1N1, et cetera, right? Like this has, it's actually not new. This is the first time it happened with social media. The misinformation still used to spread, just not like the wildfire it can today. And so it can basically, you know, it's, it's almost exponential spread in itself and it's infecting so many people that by the time you try and get, you know, get but underneath it, it's already gone. You know what doesn't help is that mm-hmm. our government is governing like if it was 1990 with no internet. <laughs> they, they think we don't see things. Or know things. Or know things. Yeah. That's literally what's happening right now. But see, that's the only thing that's actually kept me somewhat. No, I don't want to say sane. <laughs> Yeah, but, that's you, going you know, too far but it has it ha- it's helped a little bit to be but, able to follow some of these er docs right and some of these some of the researchers out of the universities that are like look this is not the same thing that we're seeing this is to say that we're looking at different information than what the government is giving us too we're just looking at better information than what other people are getting no, I think going back to like the isolation part though, and cutting your, like your family out of your, not cutting your family out, but having to choose who you see, Right. Um, that's what's made pandemic parenting so hard too, because again, it does take a village to raise 
children. And some days you need a break from your children because Uh (laughs) (laughs) they're not always angels and maybe not ever. Um, But, uh, um, you know, you kind of lost that community feeling where you could say, okay, grandparents, you can take them for a sleepover tonight or whatever. Or play dates and yeah. Play dates, right? Right. And so then you became everything to your child. You were the play date. You were the play person. You were psychologist. Exactly. Right. You're helping them process being homeschooled. You're trying to be a teacher and, you know, wanting to murder people daily because it's like, it's two plus two, you guys, you need to just edit. I don't know how to explain it. Get your Um, shit together. (laughs) So like, it's just, it's totally that loss of other people to help you. And I mean, you don't have, you don't have kids so other people can help you, but the village aspect was totally missing. Yeah, yeah, take it apart. And then, and now that there's vaccines and there's the ability to maybe kind of get some support, then it's drawing lines in the sand again, because there's family members Are or you- friends or, well, we're anti-vax. Okay, well, then we can't be friends anymore. Sorry. Like, I can't support that. I don't support that. Yeah. But we've also, like, like Sarah had said too, there's been that strengthening of the relationships that you can have. I, I don't want to say that it didn't happen before, but it's happened in a different way during this pandemic, this pandemic, I say, as if I've been through so many, Uh, (laughs) but, but just during a pandemic, I guess, you know, like things, things change for sure. Um, You know, I was alive during the AIDS pandemic, but honestly, like I was really young when, when that was going on, right? Like you, you heard about things, but I, I learned about it the same way my parents did, right? We got everything from the news, that was, that was half of your only outlet, unless your friends were talking about it. Mine weren't because we were eight. Uh, but, you know, like it was just, it was different. And, and I mean, that went on for, obviously, it is still a problem. So that is something that has gone on for many, many, many years. But it. Yeah, but people took action to try people to did. limit it. That's, that's true, too. But there was still there was still conspiracy theory and there was still and I don't know. I almost wonder nowadays if they had a vaccine that said, hey, guess what? We could stop anyone from getting HIV ever again with this vaccine. Now you're just kind of like half. Well, I don't think they should do it, though. Because it's going to make like super STDs on the side. The media is going to be spreading because everybody's (laughs) going to be like, no, don't need it anymore. But you see where I'm going, though, that those vaccines are artificial freedoms, (laughs) right? Well, and then, yeah, that's obviously another thing that we've learned, too, is that some people think that their freedoms and their rights extend to things that there's no way in hell they extend to. And the, the, the airplane thing has been fun when people are like, how could, you know, how can they take this away from me? It's like, well, you can charter your own plane. Like you realize that, well, that's cost prohibitive. So's flying. (laughs) I mean, even flying commercial is cost prohibitive to some people. If this is not a, this is not a right that you have. Mexico (laughs) is not a right. No, the world is not an acquired right. You can drive to Mexico. Clean water, free healthcare, and a good education system or your rights. Not Mickey yeah. Mouse. Yeah. Like, or your daiquiri by the beach in Mexico. Yeah. yeah this is going to be an interesting one, I think. I, 
I'm a travel agent by trade. So this is like, I think going to be very interesting. I, for one, welcome the news that there's, that you're going to have to be vaccinated to fly because that's going to make me feel a lot safer. I think it's going to, I think it's going to lead to a degree, an increase in travel, which is great for me. (laughs) (laughs) Been a rocky couple of years. Yeah, Yeah. Um, but oh, I I feel like some people might get nasty about it, and I'm not looking forward to that. You see, my father has not met my daughter yet, except on Facetime. So they, yeah, because path. my dad is 75, he had a quintuple bypass, he had lung issues, he had a stroke. I'm yeah. not gonna make him fly into. He was supposed to come like around this time now. I'm not gonna make him fly into COVID land, right? So he could meet Maddie. So I was like, you know what? We're going to fly out there. Maddie's daycare safe. Alice's school safe. So let's go. You know, more space, less people. Filtration because guess what? COVID is airborne. <laughs> you know, I, I am going to go there. But I'm vaccinated. And I'm happy that the other people on the plane aren't going to be vaccinated because my kids will be protected yeah so they can keep living their life without too much worry because the adults in the room decided to be grown-ups and get their shot I was having a conversation though the other day and it was uh it's not the same as political beliefs but you know the point was made that you know if you just hang out with vaccinated people then you know, you're only getting one, one side of the, like, you should have diversity in your friendships kind of thing. And I was like, no, I only want to hang out with, with the vaccinated people. Like, Holy vaccinated people, thanks. You can be diverse in the vaccinated community. I'm totally like down for diversity, but I only want to be with the Not that kind people. of diversity. Yeah, not that kind of diversity. <laughs> not the same as, you know, your political beliefs or your, you know, whatever. It's a big tent. <laughs> like, well, I'm totally I'm definitely fine just being in the vaccinated section 100% my last question is pandemic parenting pandemic momming do you think it's changed the way that you go forward I mean obviously we've talked about some of those issues we've talked about talking to our kids about the misinformation we've talked about keeping our kids safe we've talked about you know, the community that we now have, which is unfortunately different than the community we may have had before. But what else, I guess, I mean, I'm, I'm homeschooling a kid who's a super procrastinator. And uh, <laughs> I missed the start of the press conference on Tuesday because he took forever to answer some of these questions. He's a smart kid. But you know what? I think he's gotten comfortable with the fact that we have more time or that mom just allows him to take more time while he's doing homework and so on so I I actually I'm worried about him going back to school because he's going to find that no you need to finish this now and he'll be like what (laughs) anyways I'm just curious if anyone else is like yeah when things get a little more normal it's going to be weird and my for children, me, that's one. My children have definitely caught on to the uh, the 
if you have if you're if you have a cold you have to stay home so mm. they, they caught oh, my throat hurts and it was like <laughs> i have the black lung i'm so sick mom i'm like you look fine and in a regular sense you know you have a bit of a stuffy nose who's to say if it's allergies or you know a cold i kept them home anyway because you know that's what you're supposed to do yeah um, but they've definitely <laughs> caught on to the fact that you know anytime they can call their they can tell their teachers i have a sore stomach and the teacher will call you get to go home and you're out of here kid yeah so <laughs> no more that, sit no more just sit down and you know see if you can okay. ride it out <laughs> yeah they know how to work the system so i mean i'll give them that that they're resourceful and i like that part that's pretty cool but it's just again it's changed the whole thing because you don't have a whole lot of control over things so you know I've had to let a lot of things go like a lot of things that I would have maybe been more strict on it's like okay whatever you know screen time is one of them that's a huge one huge right like screen screen time you know and especially if you're working from home and you're trying to get things done it's like okay yeah you guys can have you know, half an more hour screen, screen time, time. While I do this thing, right? And more <laughs> screen time to work. than I've ever had, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, I think I've definitely had to let things go and just been okay with, you know, I just don't read the studies about how screen time is corrupting the brain and all that right. stuff. Oh, you know? Lord. <laughs> See my post yesterday about how I found out my nine-year-old's been watching that Squid Game show. And I was like... Oh. I didn't even know she was watching it. And I'm like, oh shit. Like, was this a huge fail? But apparently I'm not the only one. So, okay. all right. <laughs> and I don't even know what that is. Oh, it's this like, oh, I don't even know what genre you'd call it. But it's, it's a show on Netflix. I started watching it yesterday. It's pretty interesting. <laughs> but honestly, like, I think Walking Dead was her favorite show when she was like four and a half. She's like a weirdo. So it's Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Gotcha. Sarah. Uh, so it's funny because I, I was a mom without being a mom and I became a mom during the pandemic. So I found newfound patients that I never thought I had, but I've never said, please pick up your shit so many <laughs> times in a year. In a day, in an in a hour. Day. In an hour. <laughs> 